0: Red Grange joined us immediately after his last collegiate game against Ohio State. Yeah. And you say, Shy City. Shy City. Sha City. Shy City. Coming home again. Quick pitch to Walter. Looking for the
1: record. Cuts back. He's got it. He's out of it at 25. The bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. You know
0: what they say, that money caller? That money on the phone. Forget it! Nobody's gonna get them! Long gone. Devin <laughs> Hester, you are ridiculous!
2: What's going on, everyone? It is bears on tap and we are back with our Panthers post game bears. Take it 23 to 16. Um, you can go ahead and follow us at bears on tap or follow on tap sports net for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas perfetti. You could follow me at Lucas perfetti 46. I'm also joined along by my guys, Brandon Suarez at beaton 300 and Duke Coughlin at that pod guy, Duke um, gentlemen, how are we feeling?
0: It is a great day to be five and one Lucas Profetti. It is a great day and I will take it. I will take a defensive ball game all day. That is Chicago bears football. And you know, obviously there was things with the refs. Obviously it was a tight game, but I feel like we've all gotten used to the tight games at this point. So uh, yeah, like I said, man, I'm feeling five and one today is a good day to be five and one.
1: Yeah. I talked about it a little bit on the pregame shows. I wanted to sit back on Sunday, not obtain any new gray hairs on my head, not really scream at my TV or have anything too stressful about this game. As far as coming back from multiple possessions, they had, I would say their most complete game of the season. And they were in control from the jump, obviously with that turnover to start the game. You guys got to let me get my moment real quick. Cause my guy, Cole, Komet found the end zone this week. Me and Lucas called it earlier in the week. Hopefully, uh people got their bets in and got a cold commit, got some cold comet money this week, but it was great to see uh the Bears get him involved in the offense, even if it was just a couple catches and some blocking schemes,
2: yeah, and speaking of bets, um we're gonna formally apologize for saying to hammer the over, even though um Eddie Jackson's pick six got taken away, and that would have pushed it over um so you know we're sorry about that, but we also said to hammer the uh total. Um, some of the props. So I think we all came out on top today, even though we t- definitely told you to hammer the money line all day long. So we're sorry about the over. Um, got tripped up a little bit. Um, but realistically, even though it was close in score, this was the first game, and we kind of predicted this. That felt like we controlled it. And it felt like we controlled the game because the defense, right out the jump, just absolutely played lights out obviously you have the um quick turnaround with the stop mike davis behind the line of scrimmage and then the sack that should have been a safety and then the interception that ended up uh turning into that cole Komet touchdown we were talking about um but man they really set the tone from the beginning of the game and it was in my opinion their best performance by far against a pretty good um that's a pretty good offense. And, you know, everyone was talking about the Mike Davis revenge game. Mike Davis had 52 yards, a touchdown that realistically was gifted by a few calls, um, manufactured drive by penalties. And um, he had, he also got stripped as well. So it wasn't much of a revenge game for Mike Davis, even though he's a hard runner.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, We talk about putting your meat on the table a lot on this podcast through six weeks, the bears have yet to take their, the bears defense has yet to take their meat off of the table. Like this has been a constant every single week, dude. And you know, that was kind of the biggest key. We were talking about Teddy Bridgewater earlier in the week, we went right at Teddy. We made him try to beat us and he failed. Like we had him Teddy was looking flustered all game. We were getting pressure on him, whether they finished in sacks or not. We had him less than 50% on completions throughout the first half. We uh, we were making life as difficult as humanly possible for him. We, we made him run quite a few times, you know, and we were doing a good job at being stout against the run for the most part. I know it doesn't look like that on the box score when you have 29 carries and 112 yards, but when you're, when the quarterback has 48 of those, that means that those are blown up pass plays from coverage that were making him run that football. So overall secondary linebackers, uh, defensive lineman front seven overall top notch play from everybody. I was really impressed. Um, my heart's a little bit broken for Eddie Jackson, who once again gets a pick six stolen from him specifically. Uh, I'm really heartbroken because of a certain wager or a certain, uh, certain bold prediction I made earlier in the week. But. Uh, Hey man, I'll take the dub and I will take another amazing performance from guys like Roquan Smith, a big game from Danny Trevathan and, and uh Blyle Nichols looking inside. I thought he had, a I thought he had a very impressive game.
2: Yeah, he did. Um, and realistically the, we talked about this. I, I will say Duke, um, that was the most ridiculous, bold prediction that got taken away. Like that's like, if you could have actually bet on that, dude, you wouldn't have, you would have never had to go to work again. Like Honestly. the odds on that. <laughs> Honestly, that was ridiculous Duke called a third quarter pick six by Eddie Jackson um, on our bold prediction episode, the last episode. Um, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. But even though it didn't like people don't realize the Bears got four sacks and they were all over Teddy Bridgewater. Dude made a really good point. A lot of their rushing yards came from him scrambling. And if I'm not mistaken, only one of those um, scrambles actually resulted in a first down um, extending a drive and stuff like that. So realistically, we talked about this in the, the pregame episode as well. Like Teddy Bridgewater can move, but he's not going to Kyler Murray. You, He's not going to break off a 60 yard run type thing. Um, but he, we were getting to him. We were getting to him very quickly. There was four sacks, man four sacks. Um, and we talked about how Teddy Bridgewater is extremely efficient underneath and he's an accurate passer, which is all true, but the bears put so much heat on them that, I mean, dude, he threw two picks through two picks today. He did. And yeah, like you said, Bridgewater, he's very extremely, you know, efficient
1: underneath and it's kind of hard to run when you got a kickstand hanging between your legs, but still got 48 yards on the day. (laughs) And, uh, Two picks, but should have been three and honestly could have been four. that defense. Those DBs were flying all over the field. And one thing I want to say, because it happens every single week now, and it reminds me of the hits that we used to see when I, you know, when we were growing up, we're not that old. We're all probably what between 26 or 25 and 30. So growing up, they were able to get away with a little bit more and the knee jerk reaction of just absolutely hunting a flag out of your waistband every time Kyle Fuller hits someone has got to stop because that like he just hits people hard. That that's just what it is. Like if you got to review it for targeting afterwards, go ahead. But like in the moment, if you're pulling the flag or if you're putting the flag out on the field, a lot of times it's not getting picked up.
2: Yeah, the, and that's what bothers me about it's just the consistency of the calling. And even Gene said it was a helmet to helmet or shoulder to helmet, which it, like when they had it in replay. As he's saying it, you're seeing Kyle Fuller's shoulder hit—what's it called?—shoulder. Last week, that's a turnover— this week, it puts him in scoring position. And then if you think about it, Allen Robinson, they also took a touchdown off the board um, with Allen Robinson. It's and got blasted. He got blasted before, and that's literally the exact same play. So it's like, that's fine if you want to call that, but the exact same play that there was the pick six on, on—that it looked very similar to me. So that's what bothers me about the refs. It, it definitely seems like uh, the Bears get the short end of the stick. Most of the time last week was the only time I'd say the ball bounced their way. Um, but the reason why it's significant that, The bears got four sacks and, and really bothered Teddy Bridgewater that much is because in the last three games, the Carolina Panthers haven't let up one sack. And like you said, there's a couple that, like there was one play specifically that I I think goes so unnoticed by Robert Quinn. He came in on an inside stunt and Teddy Bridgewater noticed it. And he tried to fucking get outside and rush for a first down. It was only like a three yard play that he had to get. Um, and Robert Quinn strung it outside. And and eventually I think Eddie Jackson was able to come up and clean it up and things like that, like that you don't see on the stat sheet, Khalil Mack gets another sack today. Like he's showing up. Um, and Danny Trevathan, in my opinion, only got beat on one play, which realistically he shouldn't have been in man coverage against that little yeah, shifty there was, back.
1: He had no business doing that. So and the, even uh even Jonathan Vilma said that, you know, you probably want to have Roquan Smith out there a little bit lighter on the feet. And, and one yeah, thing for, I wanna say is people were giving Jonathan Vilma a lot of shit on Twitter, but towards the end of the game he did give the Bears a very big nod of respect. So I think he earned a little bit back there at the end.
0: Well, see, dude, the thing with Vilma, and, you know, like I'm, I'm a guy who is actually very critical of Vilma Cause you know, I've, we've had to listen to him quite a few times this year. It's, it's not that he is like just awful the entire game, man. It's that sometimes like he just goes on a tangent and he's just so off. And it's like, dude, you were such a good player in this league, you know, super bowl champion, uh, multiple time pro bowler, I believe with both the jets and the saints, like a legend. You know,
1: guy
2: i was gonna say suspended for a year (laughs)
1: you got some brain cells loose up there but yeah like i I said though like at the end he reeled it back but yeah we don't want to hear about you know your playing days during like the meat and potatoes
2: of the game but you know what i'm saying the cubs the
1: cubs had an issue with that with ryan dempster this year so i i can understand where people were coming from
2: i want to add on to what duke was saying though because for me it, it seems like Jonathan film has called about 75% of our games and he's still really not in touch with our team. So it's just like, if you see us every week, like, are you, are you doing the proper back study? And, you know what I mean? Like, we're a defensive team. And, and I actually said the wrong
1: cup, it's Mark grace. And he got suspended off the of marquee network and they brought him back. But wrong cup, Ryan Dempster doing his thing. Mark grace, not so much. Yeah. But, Oh, go ahead.
0: Dude, dude. It's like, uh, you know, one of the things that Vilma that bothered me, if I'm going to nitpick him just a little bit here, it would be uh, like that, that play with Kyle Fuller, you know, a typical Kyle Fuller play, he gets thrown like at, you know, about a yard in front of the line of scrimmage and he immediately, you know, eats it up instead of like like instead of even acknowledging that tackle and that great tackle that Kyle fuller just made he decides to go to Mike Davis on the sideline and start talking about him again and it's like vilma like you're a defensive guy like there was this great defensive play right in front of you and you want to ignore that and you want to go but on about mike davis Got
1: so lazy with like the layup points like i heard mike mike davis revenge game from espn from fox from everyone and i'm like okay i understand but like like lucas said what did he have 52 yards
2: 52 on 18, yards and guess what? Areas. lucas propped head to head dave montgomery versus um what's it called dave montgomery ended up with 58 what's mike davis had 52 what what and i wanted to tweet too after the fumble i was like
1: mike davis showing why the bears released him but i was like that's kind of that's kind of petty
2: that's bu- <laughs> yeah that's bogus as hell um but realistically <laughs> that's, not, that's, not beat out, that's not a beat out move Yeah, I do want to acknowledge some of the, I mean, DJ Moore is a playmaker. He gave everybody fits, whether it was Jalen Thompson. We We got so lucky that he didn't come down with that one towards the end. That would have been a heroic catch. It's it's
1: something with with, uh, duck
0: from Teddy, by the way,
1: with receivers and uh, uh, running backs with D in their name. It was DeAndre Swift. And then we got it from DJ Moore. So if it's like third or fourth down and they're throwing to someone with D in their name, I think we're good.
2: Yeah. I'd say that this actually, this, uh, receiving core is, is sneaky good because they gave us the most fits and I think it's matchup, um, relevant too, but they gave us some sneaky fits because they had three fast dudes. Usually we only have, you know what I mean? Like, um, Kyle Fuller with the cushion covering the fast dude, but now it was just kind of like everybody was, was able to get some separation. So we did see a little bit of chink in what I think is the strongest part of our defense in the defensive backfield, Jalen Johnson, uh, he had a little rookie game today, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to down him. He, um, he I mean, moments. we saw that could have, yeah, I mean, it turned into a touchdown anyway. It was a Mike Davis touchdown, but he, um, man, that, that seemed like a veteran move though. Cause he did get called for that pass interference right by the one yard line. And like, he like pinned, uh, DJ Moore's arm against his, against his, like in between his elbow and against his. uh, body, I guess. I don't know what you saw the midsection. Um, so he like trapped his arm in there. I thought he could have gotten away with it, but realistically, cause it looked like he was going for the ball too. I thought that was a little veteran move, but he ended up getting called for it. Um, but yeah, man, you can't really have much complaints against the defense. You also have uh, that Kyle Fuller hit, like even though it got called a penalty, whatever, they kicked the field goal. That set the tone because Kyle Fuller was right in the area and uh, Robbie Anderson wanted no parts of that. So it did, in my opinion, it was a tone setter. Even it did not go the bear's way. It made them think twice about trying to catch the ball um, in front of our DBs. So that was a huge thing. Eddie Jackson was licking people as well. Blaw and Nichols had a really nice game, um, as you said. And yeah, that's kind of all well- I got for the defense.
0: Well and that's uh I guess just to finish off one point I wanted to make a while back I also want to give a shout out to Roquan Smith he had a really nice pass rush nice blitz who basically came in untouched and forced a tough uh, a bad pass from Teddy Bridgewater so the the pass rush was definitely helping the secondary as a secondary usually always helps the pass rush so it was just perfect complimentary football as my boy B on would say um and you know I guess really one of the bigger things with the defense is uh, the secondary you know even though DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson did have their plays. The secondary focused on those receivers. They didn't put much focus on the tight end room. You know, they didn't put much focus on the middle or, you know, plays out of the backfield with the running back, which is uh, kind of, kind of what I was hoping they were going to do, you know, cause that's where their that's where their big plays come from. You know, there were not a lot of big plays for Carolina. There was the one 38 yard pass DJ Moore and then 39, 39 yarder to Robbie Anderson. But outside of that, there was not many, long plays. And uh, when the secondary can focus on something like that and, you know, they kind of hit that bend, don't break uh, you know, mentality, then that kind of forces Teddy to be able to have to go underneath a little bit more. And they're just, they don't have underneath options. They just really don't.
2: Yeah. They came into the game with uh, the least amount of touchdowns scored against them. They let up two touchdowns today, but only 16 points. So you can try to feel goals to death. I do think the bears sweet spot, like they're going to get to that 20 point range, probably most games. So um, if we got to win ugly games like that, that's fine. But I do think the bears were, as I was saying, like in the, uh, in the, when we started off the defense, they did feel a little bit more in control. Um, In my opinion, Nagy had some boneheaded calls. Of course, the not running the ball. Um, And it's a completely different situation than last week, last week when he threw the ball, they were trying to get closer so they can get a field goal set up for the win. This time they were, they were in control of the game. They were up seven. Realistically, the best they could do is force it to overtime. Teddy Bridgewater was under duress a lot, a lot of sacks. That's going to waste a lot of time off the clock, like stuff like that. You've got to make them use their last time out. Luckily, Deandre Houston Carson saves the day two games in a row closeout play good for DHC. Um, we actually saw Eddie Jackson hobble off for a second, um but now that we're going to move on to the uh to the offense i mean duke why don't you go ahead and start us off
0: yeah so uh the biggest thing with the offense um you know we scored enough points to win today and that's kind of been the story all year and that's kind of the big you know we've relied on our defense to make sure that points stay off the board and we may le- we may leave points on the field but we're putting enough on the board to give us the w um I can't say that I'm necessarily like real excited about what I saw today, but I did like to see, I did like seeing a commitment to running the ball a little bit more, you know, I mean, we'll get into the late game running the ball a little bit later, but I like seeing a guy like David Montgomery get 19 carries. Now he only turned them into 58 yards, but that gives us a level of threat. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when we play teams moving forward, they now have to pay attention a little bit more to David Montgomery. Cause they have the idea that we're going to run the football and a big thing with David Montgomery that I saw, and it was something that I was pointing out with Mike Davis before Montgomery started really doing it was um, him kind of getting patient. Cause the thing with the thing with Montgomery, is he's always right there, ready to hit the line, line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? But he hit a certain point late, late in the game. When he started breaking off some of those runs, a lot of people were kind of like giving the offensive lineman credit for it. But I really think it was Montgomery being patient, waiting for holes to open and then hitting that stride. Cause he's very good at hitting that first step. It's just now that he's kind of waiting, it's almost like ironically with all these rumors about Le'Veon bell, that's what Le'Veon bell does really well. He's patient before he hits the hole. And that's what I saw to David. Montgomery. Montgomery today. And that's, that's a huge step in the right direction. That means that he's starting to get that situational awareness with the offense. So I really do want to continue seeing us run the football.
2: Yeah, I definitely said um, before, I thought we were going to make a more, definitely a more like focused effort on running the ball. Um, The thing that I noticed the most, and this is where I'll knock Nagy is um, schematically in the first half, we were trying to run the ball out of a lot of heavy sets. And I completely understand Nagy, you got ripped apart for it last year for not doing it enough. And, you know, that was what was more efficient at the time. And in the first few weeks, it was really working well. But in the past three weeks, it has not been working well. And we're seeing him like when we start going back towards the inside zone, again, pushing the tempo, running on a shotgun, which David Montgomery always did. And I hate to to dog our boy, Mitch, but realistically, because Nick Foles is a more efficient passer, that's why we're running more efficiently out of shotgun because he's a much better shotgun passer. They have to account for all of the receivers instead of just a couple. Um, so I feel like we need to start seeing a trend, even though you're giving us what we want, Nagy. Like, we're fucking, we're idiots. Just do what what is working. Do what's right. If you need to go back into old habits and run from shotgun a lot more, I think that's been working a lot better, even against a team like the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When they started going more inside zone, it seemed to work. Um, you know, Rashad Coward started today over Alex Bars. Uh, there's not much to talk about, obviously. They must have not liked what they seen with Alex Bars. They must have think thought that Rashad Coward had more starting experience, and he was the guy to go with. Um, but at the end of the day, like, like you were saying, Duke, um, it became a lot more efficient in the second half. We saw those 11 yard, 12 yard type scampers, first down runs for another first down, um, uh, beat on how are you feeling about it.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think this was the perfect game, even though Montgomery didn't go over a hundred yards, just the way he was running with the football. And, you know, he did contribute with 39 yards through the air. So he had about a hundred all purpose. He just is so talented at extending plays and extending runs, making people not necessarily miss, but you know, like he just is dragging people along for the ride. I love to see like just the grind that he has. He's a true lunch pail guy. And right now they only gave Patterson one carry. So right now it's all him. They had 25 carries for 63 yards, nothing to really, you know, write home about And the offense, you know, again, it wasn't, It wasn't great. It was good enough. And and like you said, Lucas, there really was no point, especially with the early turnover during this game where I really thought that the bears were going to lose, but there were several chances to step on the throat of the Carolina Panthers and the bears did not do that. There was a couple times where the play calling became more conservative. And like you said, Lucas, like running out of those tight sets, it's harder to see those boom plays and get those big plays to happen as crazy as that sounds. But I feel like you're almost telling the defense you're running the ball. So in turn, they're going to, you know, they're going to load the box. So that's just a lot of people to go through. And we don't have with David Montgomery that like, you know how we say for receivers, take the top off the defense. He's not a home run hitter as a running back. I'm sorry yeah, to say, it. And I love the your- kid to
2: death, but he's not, he's not a speedster. So, you're hoping to match up in sets like that like the big runs that come out of those types of sets are like hey it's a hat on a hat your guys win your running back makes someone with miss and then it's off to the races like you see that like happen with the Tennessee Titans and stuff like that yeah. um Derek had 94 yards to walk it off today yeah he's a freak um but i think realistically it's just such a mixed bag with Matt Nagy because even though i feel like the game was like the game flow in general felt a lot better with the offense. You get what I'm saying? It was a lot more converted first downs. We even see Nick Foles rush for a little seven yard first down. Um, But like, it was really deterring to see on the goal line that we got stuffed twice, like stuffed twice on the one yard line. And then we have to sneak it in with Nick Foles. Like Nick Foles, a couple times was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. Well, why aren't we, you know, why aren't we leaning on guys like Jimmy
1: Graham? Like we normally do. And today they finally unlocked Cole Komet in the red zone. Allen Robinson is big time in the red zone so like like you said it's a mixed bag he's trying to get cute he makes it more difficult than it needs to be and as we've talked about and like i just said a couple minutes ago like similar to what the vikings did last week when you're running in that tight set sometimes you can jam yourself up you know so in that in that goal line set when there's literally 12 yards of of field that you're dealing with and there's 24 players stacked or there's twenty-two players stacked inside the that like small area. It's it gets a little tight down there. It's a little bit harder to move bodies.
2: Yeah, I and I completely understand it. Um, but let's go yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the drive before the end of the first half. Cause in my opinion, that was like the ultimate nail in the coffin. I thought the game was kind of over right there. I know that the the Panthers kept scratching back and stuff like that. But in my opinion, that was just like that's the difference between Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. And I know Duke's going to tell you in a second how he feels about it. He wants them to be a little bit more aggressive, but I feel like if you go too aggressive there, then you're trying to, uh, or then you're, you're causing a possibility of giving them, you know, the ball back with three timeouts in you know, plus territory. So I don't, I, I like exactly how it went. Nick Foles was super efficient, getting the ball to Montgomery in the passing game, as we talked about, if he's not going to be getting a ton of great looks, in the running game, you got to give them the ball in the passing game, ton of over the middle stuff, walking up to the line, keeping it going like only a couple, um, missed passes, couple incompletions on that drive. And I thought that was huge. And they capped it off with a 54 yard uh, or 55 yard field goal. Kairos Santos longest field goal ever, like really, really pumped up about that. I think Eddie Pinero, um, as much as I love Eddie Janeiro it looks like they're not going to really need his services anytime soon.
0: Yeah, uh, so I kind of want to make a point back with uh, the heavy sets, and I think the biggest reason—just keep it short, I guess—would um, be because we don't really do play action out of those sets. So there's really no uh, no sense of urgency to ever try to prepare for the pass. That's why we get the box loaded. Um, but anyway, you know, kind of moving on from that. Um, yeah, see, the only the only the only way I would change what happened before the end of the half there is with the idea that we are getting the ball back anyway, and we've been doing a good job on offense and we trust our defense as it is. um, I I'm a little more prone to take some shots. Like you know, Car- we're all really happy that Cario Santos nailed that kick, you know, for a career high, long kick, but that was no guarantee. He was going to make that kick. That was a big risk in itself. And I feel like if we're going to take a risk like that, why not try scoring a touchdown? Why not try taking a little bit more shots down the field if they're giving it to us? Cause they were going to play. Tr- they were going to try playing prevent type defense on us at a certain point. Anyway, why not take that? Why not move down the field, at least get into a closer field goal range in attempting of doing that if you don't pull it off? Um, you know, it, it's a situation where if you think your quarterback is going to be throwing an interception or something like that, then I don't understand how you're gonna trust him in this offense when you know this is supposed to be Nick Foles' offense at this point. Which, you know, goes to another point where um uh, uh on the topic of the interceptions, Rogers
1: just threw a pick six. I'm
0: sorry, Rogers just threw a pick six. <laughs>
1: Oh, is that why you? I saw it, like, you freeze. My face just blew up. Holy shit! Suck on that one, Aaron Rodgers. You fat
2: rat. Love to see it. Absolutely <laughs> right. love to see it. I was like, dude, is, is Duke having a stroke or what's going on? I almost did. <laughs> oh, dude, you just you just you just
0: hate to see that, man. Wait, That's a uh... oh to De- to Devonte Adams of all people,
2: man. Oh, God, I love it. It's rough. Um. Yeah. but to, right. to Duke's I- point. Nick Foles. Uh, I get I get what you're saying, man. I get it. But Nick Foles, um, we kind of know what we're getting with him. And he throws up at least two or three prayer balls every single game. One of them got picked today. Another one should have been picked. Um, and you, you know why? I feel like he throws uh, a lot exactly. of
1: those. Jeremy Chin pulled that one down. A yeah,
2: lot of Jeremy those. And his...
0: we uh, we were talking about him possibly having a big day for uh, for Carolina earlier in the week.
2: He's a stud. Um, he's definitely been playing really well. He's actually, you know, Isaiah Simmons was supposed to be the guy, but right now it looks like Jeremy, Jeremy Chins that uh that guy right now, he's not even getting used that much in um Arizona, uh, that is. But no, realistically, I think um I like the way it turned out. Bears ended up winning. I get I get what you're saying a hundred percent, Duke. But one thing I want to like knock Nagy on too. W- why, when we were on the goal to go situation, why are you taking Jimmy Graham out twice? I know it paid off for me with the Cole Komet prop, but like, why is, so I was going crazy when that happened. I was like, I think
1: I, for some reason I was like, Matt Nagy, I think you just realized that Cole Komet is a player on the Chicago bears in this moment because that, all right. So that sequence, and then the multiple turnover sequence were the two like most clusterfuck sequences of the entire year. Where at the beginning of the game when the Bears like they should have just scored like when you get a turnover in plus territory like that, you score the first play. You really want to put your meat on the table, score on the first play. Okay. So it took them it took them three plays to time out and a delay a game. And again, at the end of the game it was DeAndre Houston Carson, the most unlikely of all suspects by odds makers and everyone else's Like you said, Lucas, Cole Komet was the most unlikely of all suspects, so him getting cute in that situation for once did pay big dividends. And that's, I mean, I'm not going to say Cole Komet scored the game-winning touchdown, but you can say any of these touchdowns was the difference in the game.
2: No, yeah, I get that, but it just, it bothers me. You had to get that in about Cole Komet, huh? No, <laughs> I had, to. I had it was, to. It was. It was. It was. Sure. I'll give him credit, dude. That was a great catch in traffic. He didn't feel anyone around him. He had no problem securing the catch. this
1: morning we were talking with with Derek in the gr- in one of our group chats. Like today's the day, boys, and we said it yeah. on the pod. We just spoke that shit into. Fr- I'm gonna just say Cole Komet's gonna score every week now.
2: Yeah, it almost just reminded me of like a John Fox move, though, because John Fox, remember when he got pressed about not having Tariq Cohen up on the field too much? And he's just like Tariq Cohen is like they're keying in on him too much. Like we can't have him on the field because they're all over it. And it's like, no, you you don't take away your biggest threat. You utilize the fact that he's your biggest threat and then you go away from it if you need to. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Graham is head and shoulders above every single red zone target we have and to not have him on the field for second and third down. in that first thing, if we, if we would have ended in a field goal, like Cole Komet baggy or bailed Nagy out a hundred percent.
1: Can I ask this real quick? Do you guys think, I know it's early in the season, but from what we've seen on film and in the games, like this is arguably the best that Jimmy Graham has performed in his career. Well,
0: like, are you, are you thinking like last like three
1: years? I'm just saying like the way he, I'm not saying from a statistics standpoint, I'm saying like the dude still looks like he's like 28. Like he, he cannot be tackled. Like he's bodying people, like there was a lot of times during the game today specifically, like where he is just looking that much more stronger and physical than the players that are trying to tackle him. Yeah. Well, maybe I think not he's just... like, not like statistically or like from a production standpoint, but he still looks like, very, very strong out there in comparison to the defenders that's going against him.
0: Well, yeah, dude. And uh, I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest comparison he used to get early on in his career when he was going off would be uh, Tony Gonzalez, where he'd be athleticism first and size second. And that's how a guy like Tony Gonzalez played as long as he did in the league, because, because he was, you know, athleticism first size second. Now that Jimmy Graham's athleticism has gone down a little bit. He still has that size and he still plays a physical game. You know, he's playing chippy out there. You know, I remember what, you know, cause I watched a decent amount of Packer games, you know, not only being in Wisconsin, but the fact that, you know, you always want to stay close with your enemy. Um, and I never really saw this kind of juice out of him when he was yeah, playing like with green just, Bay, man, even
1: in Seattle too, like in Seattle, like the last few stops that he's had since he was a real dog in this league. I just
2: haven't seen that same fight. Well, so, Seattle's, like, yeah. Seattle. It's, it's mismanagement situations. And as much as, you know, we knock Nagy for boneheaded stuff, he unlocked Jimmy Graham again. I don't think he's near the player he was in new Orleans, but I think with him and Ryan pace, they did have a vision on how he could fit into this offense. And he has fit very well. Seattle's a power run team and they got to They're trying to use Jimmy Graham as a blocking tight end. Like I, I know he can lay somebody out if he needs to gets a good angle, but at the end of the day, you're not like that's not what he's there for. So he didn't get utilized properly in what's a, um in Seattle, and then he didn't get u- utilized properly in Green Bay. And we're seeing him utilized the way he should be utilized, and that's just to bully smaller DBs when he gets a mismatch. There's that's really all he's you just, need to do. Uh,
1: with him. He's too big of a name to succeed in Green Bay. He's not from a D three school. Yeah, you got to be Alan Lazard. You got to be an undrafted free agent. Got yeah, be I mean, yeah. Jake, Jake Kumaro, or uh, dude, the one kid that went off last. Uh, Robert last Robert Tanyan. Yeah, he's from yeah. McHenry. He's from McHenry, bro. McHenry, Illinois.
0: Well, dude, you always got to remember uh, John Kuhn, too, man. He was from a no nowhere college.
1: For next he's week's like a episode, up here. For next week's episode, I'm gonna look up and see if there's any NFL alum from
2: Kankakee. <laughs> there there probably be. is. Yeah, there has yeah.
0: to be. There definitely probably there definitely is.
2: Um, yeah, but overall, I mean Nick Foles was actually decently efficient. Um, you know, I be actually he only had a seventy um rating, but in my opinion, I thought he made some big plays at some big times. Um, you're gonna get those ducks with him. He threw around two hundred yards. He only averaged five point one yards. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know, the stat sheet doesn't look good, but I felt like he played a lot better than the stat sheet looked. He made some huge throws, especially like to extend drives. Alan Robinson, like I said, he had that scramble. Um there was a few times I just felt like, I don't know, that stat sheet is actually kind of, it's, it's like a mismatch to me. It just doesn't seem right. Oh, buddy. So uh, the bear is called Kankakee. their home for two decades. I'm surprised none of
1: us knew that. And there is a treasured history of football players from Kankakee.
2: So I'm going to have to get on that. But as far as 11, Oh my God, is this number two? Did he just throw two picks? He just threw number two. No. Oh, no, but it's going to be a touchdown. Let's go. No Bears way. Bears are about to be first in the division, baby. We need this. Good good podcasting right now. Both to Devontae.
1: Good
0: But oh, Devontae dropped it, too. Oh, my God.
1: He's in the chat. Okay, it's not a pick six, but we'll take it. And he got it, blasted it, by Shaq it's Barrett. It's probably a really good thing yeah. we not He <laughs> got blasted a- by Shaq dude. Barrett. Yo, ripping him one, uh, one thing I want to say, though... Can we just swap Darnell Mooney out for Anthony Miller? Like just give Darnell Mooney, whatever snaps Anthony Miller was going to be taken and just call it
2: a day. I mean, bro, for him to literally try to make somebody miss when he catches the ball at the first down marker is literally, I don't think he touched the field after that. Maybe he did, but I didn't see much from him. Or no, I'm sorry. They started throwing him some swing
1: Bucks. bucks on tap right now. Go bucks i mean yeah <laughs>
2: we have no love for the green bay packers whatsoever um well, but, game is yeah let's clean this on, up because we're, we're almost done so let's clean this up now um but realistically yeah i think darnell mooney is by far our best fit like schematically for what matt nagy wants to do i think he's going to keep growing um he did miss one pass but yeah that that mistake by anthony miller was absolutely egregious i couldn't believe it yeah yeah man, next, man that's
0: that's I mean, dude, that's a situation where you have to like, you have to know the situation. Like if that's a second down, you maybe want to get a couple extra yards by going out. Okay. Maybe that's one thing it's third and four. You got the ball in front of the first down marker, drop, drop, get to the fucking ground. First down you live to see another day, dude. It's not that hard, or at least like just go backwards backwards from, cause he was straight up to Foles. like go backwards, anything stay in front of the first down marker on third down. I don't care about your stats. I don't care about what you're trying to accomplish, man. You know, I, i really want Anthony Miller to succeed. But dude, when you see stuff like this, it's hard to keep him on the field, especially when we have a guy like Riley Ridley, who apparently doesn't suit up every week. And it's like, well, he looked pretty good in college and we've seen flashes out of him before. Like, why not give that big body a shot, you know? And uh, you know, it's hard to keep Darnell Mooney off the field, you know, regardless if he's fitting in the system or not, he's making plays work. You know, Nick Foles knows that knows where that guy is on the field at all times you know, I almost feel like he gets looked at more than a guy like Alan Robinson does. Cause Alan Robinson gets all the best, best corners. He gets the most attention on the field. So a guy like Mooney almost always gets single coverage or maybe a guy over the top with him as well. So yeah, dude, it's hard to keep Darnell Mooney off the field. It really is.
2: Yeah. I, I, I fully support us. Um, moving forward with Riley Ridley taking snaps. And I I just, as much as I like Anthony Miller, he's a dog, but it just seems like every single year we always hear about the, he ran two uh, yards too short on this thing. And that's why it was a pick. And it just seems like he's, he's always.
1: Got to be a discipline thing at this point.
2: I mean, it's just, yeah, that's what it seems like to me. it's just like, I'd rather have a guy that's like Riley Ridley, who's known for always running the right route at the right time. Um, I think you could fit him into your offense. And he's got really nice hands too with Riley Ridley. So I just feel like as much as I love a mill, he is a dog. And for, it just seems like every heroic play he makes, he also makes like two, two really bad ones. So, um, you know, I just, I just feel like it's time to give someone else an opportunity.
0: Yeah, dude, most definitely. And, um, You know, I guess if I'm gonna have my uh, my one negative spot here, I'll I'll do my uh, I'll steal from Nani and do a negative Nani moment for you guys. You know, big shout out to uh, White Sox on tap, whatever the fuck they're doing too. Um, But yeah, man, I uh, I'm getting pretty sick of keep like hearing every single week, oh well, wait until this offense goes, wait until this offense goes, wait until this offense goes. Like, can we just accept the zit? can we accept that this is probably the offense and this is probably what we're going to get for most of the year. Cause I'm not seeing this upside that we're all seeing. Like I'm not seeing anything out of Foles that I didn't see last week against Tampa. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe a hair more consistent, but I feel like this is about where our ceiling is, man. I'm really about there.
2: Yeah. I feel like we did a, I don't know. I feel like we did a better job. Like it felt like that during the game. But when I'm looking at the stats, I'm like, these are, these are kind of poopy. Like it looks like,
0: a these are stats that are still going to keep us near the bottom of the league, man.
2: Oh like, yes. A hundred percent. That's what
0: I mean. So I'm just, I'm just at the point where it's like, whatever, if this is it, I'm fine with it, but I'm just, like I was hearing Vilma talk about how Foles is your three point shooter and days that he's on, he's on, and days that he's off, he's off. And it's like, can we just like stop with this idea? Like, I just really feel like this is the offense. Like, I'm fine with Nick Foles running this offense if this is gonna be us, if we're gonna get wins, if our defense is gonna always have our back, I'm fine with that. Cause I'm fine with being five and one and everyone else should be too. But let's just stop pretending like we're gonna unlock the fucking, you know, like God's tears and we're going to sprinkle them over Soldier Field and we're going to start scoring 40 points a game man it's just I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I don't think we're scoring 40 a game but I um I in my opinion I'm going to, you know, the Patriots every single year, it just seems like their offense never got going. I'm talking about the Tom Brady Patriots never got going really till like November or just like their team in general didn't really figure it out till November. We're still beating teams. And now we've beat a couple good teams. So um, I'm just going to chalk it up to it's going to get better because I, I, like I said, it just, the numbers don't show that it's better by any means, but it just feel, it felt a lot more snag stagnant with Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm not going to lie a lot more, uh, gimmies were missed with Mitchell Trubisky. We also did not extend the field one time. I didn't see any go routes, I didn't see any huge passes downfield. Um, which was, you know, you you expect to see more of that with Nick Foles. Um, Another reason why I think Nick Foles throws up more ducks is because he sits in that pocket and um, takes hits a lot of times. I think both of the plays, the one interception that got dropped and the other interception were both uh, his hand, like his arm got hit during the throw. Um, He's got a big windup. That's for sure. Really big windup. It seems like he's going to try to fire the fuck out of the ball, but it just super touch passes.
0: Well, see, dude, the thing, and uh, I'll let you get to this in a second here, beat on, but just the thing it's, I just don't think it's quarterback, man. I just, I really, I've stuck by this for a while. And I really am just going to kind of stick to my guns here, man. I think it's the scheme, man. Like we should be able like, Teddy Bridgewater got 216 yards on 29 attempts. Nick Foles got 198 on 39 attempts. Like I need to see more happen with less. You know what I mean? It shouldn't take 39 throws to be able to accomplish something like this. Like Foles should be allowed to take more shots. Like, yeah, dude, it's nice. You know, you'd think we're taking bigger shots. Oh, we had a long of 23 yards today. That was our longest pass. You know what I mean? Like I'm still not seeing like any explosiveness from this offense. And if if that's what we want to do, that's fine. But we need to be able to mix the run game into that too, then, because we can't continue to throw 39 times a game when we lead the entire football game. Like it just, it can't afford to happen because it's going to eventually bite us in the ass. And if even one of those Nick Foles interceptions, you know, because they, they were like one of the three or four big plays we tried to throw downfield, turn into another interception. We could be talking about a loss right now. You know what I mean? So I just, I want, I really think the, our offense at our best is throwing the ball like 27, 28 times a game, mixing in the run a little bit more, having a guy like David Montgomery, you know, hit his holes, finding, getting a Lamar Miller on the roster, maybe to spell that a little bit. And I don't know, man, I just, I'm not, we've won so i can't complain too much i can't really can't we're 5 and 1 and like i said i'm cool with this being the offense if it continues to get us victories i just see it biting us in the ass later
1: yeah i think ultimately you just have to look at it as we won another football game in the national football league we're 5 and 1 i told you guys i think 3 or 4 weeks ago when we had notched our third victory on the season 10 victories will get us in the playoffs there is no way on God's green earth that the bears are going to fuck this up. The bears will be a playoff team this year. Just to me- It just depends on where we can get seated at. As you heard the cluster that was going on before, uh, when we're recording this, the Packers are down we'll see what happens later in the matchup. but, you, you can only get so nitpicky with a team that is five and one. Obviously there were some positives that we saw today, some negatives and stuff that we've seen all season, but there's also some things like, you know, with the Cole Komet touchdown, certain things in the passing game that we haven't seen this season that we saw today and that we can look forward to. But at the end of the day, like to have the way we started the the season, rushing the football and now we just cannot run the ball to save our lives. I can understand the frustration, but I think it's more of a testament of the injuries on the line and the overall chemistry that the line has together. Cause right now, I mean, I don't know how many times Foles got sacked, but he has definitely been on, he the gets move. hit a lot. He gets, yeah, a he lot. gets blasted. So
2: his um, hurries, his hurries are definitely up. So yeah, definitely. And he's not scrambling like Mitch Trubisky, but I, I have to say like, even though we only averaged like 2.5 yards a carry and 5.1 yards per attempt, or I think it was even 5.1 yards per completion. I personally just like, I think that the plays were made in times that they were needed to be made. I felt like it it came in spurts. Um, You know, Jonathan Vilma made sure to tell us 38,000 fucking times. And they had the graphic how, you know, Nick Foles gets hot and then he gets cold and then he gets hot. So of course they had the graphic with the triple, you know, first, 11 throws or whatever. He was like 10 of 11. Then he missed six in a row. And that, you know, we saw, we all saw it. Jonathan Vilma talked about it 37 times. Um, But realistically, I thought the plays were made when they needed to be made. And I never felt like the, the game was outside of the Chicago bears grasp. Um, I would have liked to see them just close it out and get that first down and not have to force the interception. But we're five and one. And I guarantee you what next week's Tennessee um, or what's next week, Tennessee. Someone looked that up real quick, but either way, I know, no, it's, we have, la rams on monday night
0: um Next week yeah yeah it's rams on monday night
2: la rams the bears are going to be dogs make sure you hammer that money line um because the bears are five and one and they're going to the super bowl so you know what i'm saying um no i feel a lot more optimistic about things coming out of this game the defense looks like it's completely hit its stride bears are five and one baby be happy hammer that money line because they're going to be dogs all year I have no problem with it. Worst five in one team, whatever you want to call it. Um, We're going to be actually a day later with our preview for the, um, for the game, just because it's a Monday night. So we're going to, we're going to get to you a day later Um, than usual. Our pregame will come out on Wednesday, so you guys be sure to stick around. We are Bears on Tap. Go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap, or follow On Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. Um, I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti46. We also have that pod guy Duke Duke Coughlin um, and Brandon Suarez at Beat On300. Uh, looks like the Packers are starting to crumble a little bit. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait to see it. Hopefully they lose. The bears will be in first place solely. If the Packers lose, I love to see it. Um, yeah. If you guys listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. We appreciate y'all and bear down. Bear down.
0: Regardless how it's done. We're five and one bear down, baby.